You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Well, hello, Grace Family Church. Listen, I, I want you to make some noise for every campus all the way from Clearwater, Land Lakes, Carrollwood, Ebor, Temple Terrace, South Tampa, Lutz. Now that was good. Now make some noise for Jesus. I'm loving, loving this series that we're going through uh, because we're going through this series called Discovering Grace because we want to make sure that we keep our vision and our values in front of us. This is not something that you'll just hear us talk about for the next few weeks. This is something that's going to be weaved throughout everything that we do, not just from the stage, but in every ministry that's a part of Grace Family Church. If we don't keep our values in front of us, we run the risk of losing our identity. And when we know who we are, we can reconcile what we are called to do. Today, we're talking about the fact that we are evangelistic. Say that with me. We are evangelistic. One more time. We are evangelistic. Now make it personal. Say, I am evangelistic. Say it like you mean it. I am evangelistic. I want to know if there's anybody that is not ashamed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you, are you not ashamed to say that this is what God has done in my life, that he delivered me, that I was hopeless and then I found hope, that I was lost and then he found me? I'm not ashamed. We are evangelistic. My assignment is to literally stir up the gift and ignite the fire in you to share the gospel and share the story of God, how God changed your life and secured your eternity. We are Evangelistic. The Bible teaches us that every Christian is called to be a part of the mission, and part of that mission is to be evangelistic. Evangelism, what is that? Evangelism is an intentional effort to passionately share what is good and life-changing. I'll say it again. Evangelism is an intentional effort to passionately share what is good and life-changing. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's good? What's good? What's good? I, I, serve, I serve a God who's just not kind of good, but he's real good. He's all good all the time. What's good in your life? What's good and life-changing? What's better than the fact that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again so that you could have eternal salvation. That's worth making some noise over. That's worth sharing your story. That's worth telling somebody. That's what evangelism is all about. Being evangelistic means we share the gospel locally, globally, and cross-culturally. In Mark 16 and 15, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world, not some of the world, all the world. Go where? Into all the world, not in just the places that you like, not in just the neighborhoods that you think are pretty, not just around the people that you want to be around. Go into all the world. Yep, that means even in the neighborhoods where you feel like you got to lock your door twice, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all 
creation. I want to take a moment right here and draw your attention to this video where we're going to have some of our friends and our family talk about what it looks like to share the gospel globally. Check this out. My name is PJ Long, and I did a trip to West Virginia. And I went to Uganda. Uganda. Belize mission trip. Kenya last year in May. I went on the Guatemala mission trip with Pastor Jerry. Guatemala trip. Mission trip to Colombia. I went to Uganda recently in October. And then what Watoto Ministries did for the women, teaching them skills to become their own business owners and, you know, to advance in life. And it's just seeing that, like how grateful they were and how happy they were. Definitely one of those experiences that make you realize what you have back at home. I've been now in the States for about 27 years and because I was born and raised in Nigeria. So I've seen poverty before. The biggest struggle for me on this trip was to see such levels of poverty here in this country. That was very hard to go out and simply serve, but it refreshed my perspective. Yeah, no, I went on this trip knowing two of these gentlemen before we left and I, you know, just came away as, as part, feeling like I'm part of a family with these other guys. The Lord's doing all this in my life. I want to be obedient and listen to what He's telling me to do. And uh, one, one of the things was to serve Him more. All right, my name is Brittany, and I was part of the beautiful trip that went to Uganda in October. There were several encounters that we had that were just so ordained by God that there were literally no other explanation. We would just kind of like smile and laugh at each other like, Again, you know, like we just kept experiencing God's presence on this trip and it was so powerful. It was really amazing. I think going on this trip changed my perspective, like seeing how we have so much and sometimes we think it's not enough, but there's like people out here who have like, in our eyes, we would say nothing and are just like so happy and content. Just be thankful, be grateful for everything that we have because we are very blessed. I would say, you know, I know you going out remote part of the of the world and learn about Jesus in a way that is caring. I gave my first like full open testimony. I had the power and the, the ability to like in a way, use the Word of God and my experiences to kind of give people that sense of hope. My name is Wally. Um, I went on the Guatemala mission trip with Pastor Jerry. It allowed me to just be more grateful for what I have over here, you know? Just the simple things, you know, that we kind of overlook every day that a lot of people don't live with. Well, I think that being a part of God's family, we cut ourselves short if we just think it's here. It was amazing to literally be on the other side of the globe and find family because they invited us into their homes. They gave us the little bit that they had. They pulled out chairs, you know, elderly women who should have been sitting so that we could sit. We are here to serve, to, to, to give our talents, to, to be part of the culture. It doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how prepared you are, you are never prepared because God is gonna change your plan and he's gonna use you in a different way and you're gonna be awesome. It's gonna be wonderful. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is, this is grace. This is us. We are generational, relational, authentic, committed, and evangelistic. This is our family. And whether you choose to go to Uganda, Belize, or West Virginia, we've got people in our lobby on every campus that will give you more information about that. I want to draw your attention to Matthew 28, 18, and 20. This is Jesus. He's just walked out of the grave. He's folded his grave clothes. Over 500 people have witnessed him being alive, and he comes upon the disciples, and he says these words, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The next thing I'm about to tell you comes with the weight and authority of heaven and earth, and he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus shows up and he says to his people, I need you to go, make, baptize, teach. I need you to go, make, baptize, and teach. Say it with me. Go, make, baptize and teach. Like you mean it, go, make, baptize, and teach. These are known as imperative verbs. Every parent knows what an imperative verb is. Every parent that has ever said, clean the dishes, your expectation is that the dishes will get clean. Clean up your room. The expectation is that your room will get clean. Dr. Norman Geisler, when he was in seminary, tells this story of him being in chapel and this missionary who's a guest shows up and he says, I've been a missionary for 14 years and I was never called to go. Dr. Geisler is is, is weirded out just a little bit by this story. He says, I've heard of people being called and not going, but I've never heard of people going and not being called. He says, I've been a missionary for 14 years and I was never called to go. I was just commanded like the rest of you. An imperative verb is a command that expects an action. And these passages, when we look at Mark and when we look at Matthew, they're known as the great commission, not the great suggestion. These are commands There is an expectation that because of whose you are and because of who he is, that you will go and share the gospel. If we're not focused on reaching the lost not yet reached and those not yet reached, then we are either disregarding or disobeying the Great Commission. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus provides the framework for evangelistic expansion. He says, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. This passage expresses everything you need to do what God has called you to do. Because you have power, you will be his witness. Because you have power. This is not something strange or weird. This is the moment that you surrender your life to Christ means he's equipped you with everything you need to now share your story. You have the power to share your story. What does it mean? I will be a witness. It means I will have an insatiable impulse to share God's goodness. I can't not share it. I can't imagine being a believer and not sharing what God has done for me. This is what evangelism is all about. 
These passages alone tell us what God expects of us, that these are commands that God has given and not suggestions that he's saying, hey, do you feel like washing dishes? That's not how it goes down in my house. This is a command. So here we are. We know that we are commanded to be evangelistic, and we know that we are equipped to be evangelistic. So what's the holdup? for some of us. Jesus Project did a poll several years ago. This poll revealed that 97% of believers don't share their faith. 97%. Those numbers are staggering. 97%. That means if you looked on your row right now, that means only half of one person actually shares the gospel, and they only do it one to maybe three times a year. 97%. And what do you believe the number one reason is that people don't share their faith? This is your chance to talk. Come on, Ebor. This is your chance to talk. Fear. Fear is the number one reason that people don't share their faith. What are you afraid of? They're afraid of losing relationships, and they're afraid that someone will ask them a question they don't know the answer to. People are not sharing the gospel because I'm afraid that somebody might think I'm weird, that somebody might think I'm the crazy Christian at church, at at work. Somebody might be turned off by me wearing my Jesus shirt, so I won't share my faith. Newsflash, you are the crazy Christian at your job. You're the crazy Christian at work, and every job needs a crazy Christian. Every single job needs the person who show up and they got on all too much Jesus gear, they got the tie to say Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They got the scarf on it. They got all the pictures on the wall that said all dogs go to heaven, maybe you too. <laughs> the person that they can't even say a regular hello. Hello, how you doing? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. How you doing? Can you just say hello to me? Just say hello. But every job needs the crazy Christian because those are the people that remind us that Jesus exists. Because guess what? 97% of us say nothing. 97% of people whose lives have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit are quiet. And sharing news is weaved within our DNA. I don't think there has been a week that has ever passed by that someone hasn't come up to me and say, hey, have you tried this restaurant? Hey, you know they having a deal at Ross. Why? Because we love to share news, but something happens when it comes to the gospel. We get real introvert. And we don't open our mouth about the greatest story that has ever been told. I believe we don't trust God to share our story. We trust God to heal our bodies. We trust God to save our souls. We trust God for deliverance. We trust God to make a way out of no way. We trust God for deliverance, but we don't trust God to walk across the room and share our story with somebody. And while there is fear, I think there's another problem too. The other reason that people don't share their story is because of air conditioning. 
AC. The air conditioning was invented in 1902. It became public and in homes in about the 1950s, late 1960s, and into the 1970s. Most of the time when people would come home from work, they would come home, they would park their cars outside or their horse in their buggy, and they would go in the house and come back outside because it was cooler outside than it was in the house. And that's your opportunity to get to see people. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? What's been going on? Hey, I'm going to invite you to church. You want to come to church? Let me tell you my story about Jesus. But then the air conditioning came. I don't have to be outside anymore. I can stay in the house. I'm going to shut the door. I'll see you through the window. You lo- do you know Jesus? I don't know Jesus. We went from the air conditioning to the connected garage. Now I don't have to park my car on the street. I can park my car in the house. I can get out of my car and walk into the kitchen. I don't even have to see you. Went from the attached garage to the cell phone. We have more access to more people, but we talk to fewer people. We have access to the world, but we talk to less people. I believe that the the AC was the beginning of of (laughs) isolation. And I believe that Jesus over 2,000 years ago knew that comfort would be a problem. So he says 2,000 years ago, I need you to go. I need you to go. This is not a suggestion. It's a command. I need you to go. I need you to go. I need you to go out of your way. I need you to go out of your comfort zone. I need you to go out of your AC bubble. Why? Because somebody needs to hear the message that you have. Somebody needs the opportunity to be on Team Jesus. And our central identity as followers of Jesus is inextricably tied to what Jesus has commanded us to do. And he's commanded us to go. Why do we do this? Mark 16. 15 and 16, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. 16, he says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned, will be lost. Why do I do this with so much fervor and so much vigilance? It's because I don't want anybody to be lost because hell is a real place and eternity is really long. And if I have the answer that can fix your ailment, why would I not share it? If I have the answer to your eternal salvation, why would I keep it to myself? Why are we trying to become Christian hoarders? We come to church, we hear the gospel, and then we go home and put it in our gospel box, and we save it. We don't share it. We just go home and store more stuff, more good teaching, more good preaching, more good notes. Who knows about what you went through this weekend? Nobody. Who knows about how God delivered you? Nobody. And God says, I need you to go. I need you to go. And at Grace Family Church, Not only do we want you to go, we want to partner with you. That's why we have all of these amazing programs. That's why we have invite cards and Kid Zones and and United and all this stuff. Because when you do invite somebody, we want to make sure we're on deck and we're ready to help you introduce them to Jesus Christ. The reason 
that I need you and that you need me. Luke 10, 2 says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, which means we don't have a shortage of people who need Jesus. We have a shortage of people who share Jesus. We are evangelistic. Say that with me. We are evangelistic. One of the best frameworks for evangelism comes from John 4 and 40. Actually, that whole chapter, I encourage you to read it. Jesus is heading from Jerusalem to Galilee, and he sets this framework for us for evangelism. He kind of gives us what we need to understand what he's called us to do. And you know, some of you may know this story. This is the Samaritan woman, or what's been infamously known as the woman at the well. So Jesus is on his way to Galilee, and he's with the disciples, and it was customary that the Jews would not go through Samaria to get to Galilee. They would actually go around Samaria because the Jews did not fellowship with the Samaritans. But one day, Jesus says, I am compelled to go through Samaria. I'm compelled. I, in the King James Version, he said, I must needs go. I have to. To be compelled means to be drawn by the Spirit. It means I, I, I've got to do this. I know we don't normally do this, but I have to do it. I believe the first thing that Jesus is showing us about evangelism is that we must be intentional. You got to be intentional. This is not accidental. This is deliberate behavior. Jesus says, I am going to go out of my way so that I can have a conversation with somebody. How is God compelling you? What is God saying to you? Are you willing to go out of your way to change your plans from what's normal and what's customary so someone can hear the good word of Jesus? Jesus shows up in Samaria. He's being intentional. He shows up in Samaria. He sits at a well at noon. And this woman comes up, and she's known right now as the woman at the well. And Jesus says, hey, will you get me some water? The woman responds by saying, you don't even have a bucket. And she says, what are you doing even talking to me? Because the Jews don't associate with the Samaritans. This is intentional. First, he starts with telling us to be intentional. Then he starts by telling us to be authentic. Jesus says to the woman, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water. Because when I give you water, you'll never thirst again. This is Jesus now being authentic. This is Jesus sharing exactly who he is. He says, if you knew the gift of God that is talking to you right now, you be asking me for water. How does God want you to be authentic? There's a gift of God inside of each and every one of you, and he wants you to share that gift. He don't want you to tell your story like your pastor Craig. He wants you to tell your story like you. What is the gift that God has placed in you to share your story? Be authentic. He said, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water. He turns the page, and he starts to listen. So he wants us to be intentional. He wants us to be authentic, but he also wants us to be empathetic. Be empathetic means to listen. Says to the woman, he says, where is your husband? 
And the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the one you're with right now ain't yours. Shade. It's not that Jesus is throwing shade, but what he does, he's confronting her with the reality of her broken life and her cycle. For us to recognize the greatness of salvation, we must also recognize the depth of our sin. He's telling this woman, you keep chasing men trying to fulfill something that only God can fulfill in your life. He's not trying to embarrass her, but he's trying to show her something. And how often do we encounter people in our daily lives where we can see the areas of life that they struggle in, but we don't share God's goodness? Now, it is not our job to confront everybody about everything that they are doing that is wrong. Let me say it again for the people in the back. It is not our job to confront everybody wrong that they are doing. That's not your job. That's not your job. But, oh, say but. Oh, say it like you mean it. But. It is a responsibility, when appropriate, to honestly reveal and pull back the cover so they can see that there is a better way. Be empathetic. Listen to people. And if you let them talk long enough, you will hear an opportunity to share the gospel. That's why James says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Evangelism is a dialogue, not a monologue. This is not an opportunity for you to just spill out your whole life and then say, you ready to be baptized? It's an opportunity for you to listen. So he tells us, hey, be intentional, be authentic, be empathetic, and then be ready. Say, be ready. Be ready. Jesus has this dialogue with this woman, and then the woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he's going to tell us everything. And Jesus says, I'm he. The one you're talking about, that's me. And in that moment, this woman at the rail realized she's talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. She drops her water bucket, and she runs back into town, and she says to the townspeople, come meet a man who just told me everything about myself, everything about myself. And then in verse 39, it says, many of the Samaritans from that time believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Ooh, you hear that? Many of the people in Samaria believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony, because of her testimony. They hadn't come to church. They hadn't, hadn't gone to a youth group. All they heard was this woman's testimony, and they believed based on her testimony. She says, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay a little while longer. And because of his words, many more became believers. So the one influenced the many. This one woman influenced a whole town of people. This one woman who had never been to a Bible study, who had never been to church at this point, as far as we can understand. She had not been to seminary school. She had not been to any classes. All she knew was, come meet a man who just changed my life. Come meet a man who just transformed everything for me. And because she was able to open up her mouth and because she was intentional, many got saved. Not some, not a few, but many. 
when you are sharing your story, be ready to see God move in your life. Be ready to see God transform the person that you're talking to. And I know you might be thinking this, Pastor Darrell, what if I do all that? What if I'm intentional, I'm authentic, I'm, I'm empathetic, and I'm ready? And what if they don't do anything? Better question, what if they do? What if you do all that and somebody says, I want to meet Jesus? What if they do? And if they do, be ready to walk with them. Don't just leave them by the wayside. Be ready to commit to have a relationship with them. To abandon someone after you've introduced them to Christ is like saying to a newborn baby, hey, here's some diapers and some formula. Good luck. Walk with them. Get connected. When I was 12 years old, my father let me and a group of other uh, teenagers and kids go out and witness in the neighborhood. We would do this at our church a couple times a year. And I was waiting for my time to be the team leader. My father sends me out to be the team leader. I'm 12, 12, I'm the team leader. I'm like, yes, we got tracks in our hands. And so I'm waiting to go down the street and hand out all these tracks to people. And I'm not really looking for anything to happen. I'm just trying to, the goal is, who can get rid of these tracks the fastest? So I'm like, want to meet Jesus? All right, you know, you want to meet Jesus? Okay, all right, you want to meet Jesus? Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? And everybody was like, no, no, no. And eventually this, I, I, this lady wanted to meet Jesus and she says, yes. I was like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> so I, I, I look at the track, I just start reading out of the little brochure I have. I said, so you want to meet Jesus? Do you believe? So I just start reading what was at the end, in the, until I get to the end, and it was like, made in China, 2000, no. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I get to the end of that, and I said, you don't want to receive Jesus, do you? And she says, yes, I do. And I said, thank you. And I started to walk away. I was like, oh, no, yes, you said yes. So we said a short prayer. And I remember going back to my father and going, hey, dad, guess what? Uh, uh, you know, we prayed for this lady and, and, and she accepted Jesus. He said, good. Did you invite the church? I said, no. He said, get out of here. So we ran back, invited the woman to church. And right then, I, that was my street ministry. I was just, I was on fire. I was like, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Come on over here and get these tracks. You need to be healed. I was a little monster 12-year-old. But we are evangelistic. Everyone, everyone has a woman at the well. Everyone has someone that God is waiting on you to talk to. And God has strategically placed gifts and skills and a story in you to share with your woman at the well. Matthew 28 and 20, he says, I will be with you always to the end of the age, which means you can't lose. You can't lose. You're going to be victorious no matter what. Some people plant the seed while others water, but we are evangelistic. So here's what I want you to do. Grab your phone real quick. Grab your phone, grab your phone. Or if you got your journal, grab your journal. 
I want you right now, because I know all this time that I've been talking, you've already been thinking about it. How is God calling you to be evangelistic? How is God leading you to share your faith? How has he been leading you to share their faith? Is, is it a neighbor that you haven't talked to? Is God calling you to global missions? Is God saying, you need to go to Uganda, you need to go to Belize, you need to go to West Virginia, you need to go to Honduras? It, it, write that down, say, I know that this is what God is calling me to do. I'm, I'm going to commit to what God is calling me to do, not because it's comfortable, but because it's his command. I want you to know this, that the greatest story that's ever been told is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second greatest story that's ever been told is your story of how you came to know Jesus. And that is a story worth sharing. It doesn't need to be eloquent. It just needs to be authentic. And if you have experienced that kind of change, it's worth telling. If you haven't experienced that kind of change, you can experience it right now. You don't have to leave this place without experiencing the transforming power of Jesus Christ and having eternal salvation. For those of you that may be thinking, I'm bad at telling my story. A few weeks ago, I was on the pavers talking to some new friends of mine, and, and, and they brought up someone's name and said, hey, do you know Johnny? I said, I'm, I'm good at faces, but I'm really bad at names. And one of my new friends said, no, you're not bad at names. You're working on being better at names. She said, basically, you change the phraseology, you'll change the psychology. And for those of you that are saying, I'm bad at telling my story. No, you're not. You're working on being better at telling your story. You're working on seeing the opportunities that God has in front of you to share your faith. You're working on being the best crazy Christian you can be because your story is worth sharing. We are evangelistic. Let's bow our heads. Close your eyes. If you are in this room, if you've been watching and you go, I want to have that story in my life, you can do that right now. You know that God has been knocking at the door of your heart. He doesn't want you to be lost. We don't want you to be lost. This is your opportunity. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I, I want salvation. I want my eternity secured. I see your hand. I want deliverance in my life. See your hand. Let's say this prayer. Gracious Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for coming. We thank you for dying. And we thank you for rising once again. We thank you for the blood that covers us and redeems us and brings us right back to you. And we thank you for your resurrection that brings us life and gives us life, God. We commit to following you, to serving you, to being evangelistic, what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, the church says amen. One more time. We are. We are. Come on, say I am. Evangelistic. Say it like you mean it. I am evangelistic. Come on, give God some praise. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.